0: Robots are great, robots are chill Teach them to love, teach them to kill What if we taught them to think for themselves? Let's watch a movie and find out Hello and welcome to the whole movie podcast,
1: botcast edition Botcast. I am your co-host, Amargo Carlson (sighs) I was, in these seconds of Margo talking, I was like Overthinking what it would be like To join the conversation Sometimes you gotta just go, podcast. <laughs> and I, I've i noticed that that has become Requisite as well, mm-hmm. that there has to be an echo Of the word botcast, botcast. I, I appreciate that you have inst- Instituted that mm-hmm. um, But what else is there to do? Now the, the shoe's on the other foot, you understand All you can do yeah. is go, botcast, botcast. <laughs> um, No, you're absolutely right about that Who it's, am I joined by today? Yeah, it's, it's me, your co-host Jordan Cruciola. Hey, Jordan. And why is it that you're introducing the podcast today, Margo?
0: Because I've I've gained confidence. <laughs> yeah. You've given me the space to grow and to learn how to introduce a podcast correctly. Great. Thank and you. And more importantly, because this episode, we're talking about ex machina.
1: <laughs> I, we have been meaning to talk about it. We have promised to talk about it. We have we, mentioned talking about it. We've said
0: we'll get to it. Yeah, And guys, we're, we've gotten to we've it. We've gotten
1: to it. <laughs> we've arrived. Holy shit. Um, Ex Machina Day, written and directed by Alex Garland, 2015? Yeah. 2015, I believe, is when this movie came out. That feels right. Uh, I was living in San Francisco at the time, so I, I think that is a 2015 movie. Um, and a a definitive film. Yeah. One of the best movies I've ever seen. I love it. It's a good movie, guys. It's a great movie. It is shocking how entertaining uh yet like harrowing it is. And austere. Yeah.
0: It's it's truly kind of a stage play. It's there's three four
1: characters. Mm Mm-hmm. And
0: they're all in one space together. It's like a bottle episode. Mm -hmm. Um, and yet fully sustainable and enchanting.
1: Enchanting. It's it's it I, I look at this movie and I see um resources well used. Yes.
0: All the money is on screen in that movie.
1: And it like how how to make something very simple look very expensive. Mm-hmm. Not to say that it was cheap, but like the the realization of how incredible Ava looks. I I can't imagine a time when I could watch this movie again and be like, wow, those effects aged.
0: Exactly. I watch it now.
1: Real. I watch it now. And she looks as real as she did when I walked out of the movie for the first time, gobsmacked by it.
0: And this is one quality of sci-fi cinema mm. that connects to the gaze, which we've talked about a lot mm. in in this podcast. Yes. Uh, the cinematic gaze of, of scopophilia, that mm. is the the desire to look the pleasure in looking at something mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: in sci-fi Allison Dufresne who's a sci-fi cinema scholar mm-hmm. calls this the kaleidoscopophilic gaze okay which is the the pleasure in looking at something that is technologically intricate wow and mesmerizing
1: okay yes
0: and, and how that is part of the pleasure of sci-fi cinema is mm-hmm. the pleasure in sort of like appreciating mm-hmm. the cinematic accomplishment of achieving this kind of visual effect. Wow. So there that's sort of like a, a meta experience of watching this movie yeah, is yeah, yeah. indulging in the kaleidoscopophilic pleasure of ogling Ava's body, we'll get into it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs>
0: and appreciating it as a cinematic accomplishment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as a technological feat in our day, mm-hmm. as well as in the day of the movie.
1: We could be done right now.
0: Um, Guys, and this has been the (laughs) X-Mocket episode. Season one of the boxes.
1: We covered it.
0: (laughs) Wow. Jordan, when when you saw this, when did you see it? What did you think when you saw it and how do you feel about it now?
1: The circumstances under which I saw it were kind of cool. Uh, I was working at Wired Magazine at the time and we got an early screening all of our own Oh wow! Um, at a theater at the at the AMC Cinema in downtown San Francisco. Was it
0: hyped up for you going in? Like, were you? No. Did you think anything about it entering? I it? was
1: really interested in the premise. Um, mm-hmm. I knew I I didn't really think about the work of Alex Garland at the time, but knew if you if you had showed me all the things he'd done, I would have been like, oh yeah, I love that guy.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: but didn't really consider that at the time. Um. And just knew that we were getting access to this thing because we were wired. And that was part of sort of like their media plan was like, oh, we're going to give. them. I, I don't remember when, when the movie came out specifically what month, because we saw it in February of that year. And I think that was before it was even starting to do like formal press rounds. Wow. And I think it was sort of for our specific review. And I don't know if we requested it from the, from the studio to be like, we want to check this out for like dense feature consideration. So I was entranced mm-hmm. the entire time I walked out of the theater Almost unable to believe what I had seen. Yes, I was like, "This is this is one of the best fucking things ever." This is every actor in it is so good. Like, every actor in this is so good.
0: Yeah, the performance Oscar Isaac is... is so great.
1: I'm a big Donald Gleason fan. Same, he's so good in this, and this was Alicia Vikander had done things that I had not seen but this was how the world was introduced yes really, I've never
0: seen her before. to Alicia
1: Vikander and this yeah this was the first thing I had seen and it was I was like this is one of the greatest performances it's like,
0: actually shocking to see her in films after Ex Machina yes. because, like archetypical pure Alicia Vikander looks bald with robo head yeah like yeah. that's what she looks like to me yeah it's I've, I've more... never
1: been less enchanted by this movie anytime I've watched it
0: I agree. I agree.
1: And so how were you? How was your first watch?
0: Well, I think the thing that made me fixate so intently on this film when it came out is I had a very similar experience of being completely enchanted by the aesthetics of the film, mm-hmm. the performances, the themes. Obviously, in 2015, I wasn't thinking quite as intently as I am now about the queerness of robots. No, no, but was I But I was thinking, I mean, there's so, this is such a gender movie it's so it's like it's so clearly trying to do so much to talk about gender Mm -hmm. and power Mm -hmm. and it's i think doing a lot of that successfully but i think i really 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 bumped on the ending of the movie Mm -hmm. the experience of because I remember watching it with friends, and we all left the movie feeling different ways about the mm,
1: ending. Okay, okay.
0: And the end of the movie, spoiler alert, guys, mm. she she spends the whole movie... We spend the whole movie as an audience believing that she is this sort of sweet, innocent, mm-hmm. um, lovable, desirable, human-adjacent mm-hmm. robot yeah. who
1: a born sexy yesterday ish kind of figure
0: completely born sexy yesterday uh-huh. and that in the in the way that born sexy yesterday trope characters are mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is another character who has met um a man and fallen in love with him because he promises her access to the world access uh-huh. to freedom uh-huh. but also access she's like a to- less
1: starry-eyed quora
0: yes in yes. her like
1: super being sort of sense
0: yeah she's she's ignorant of the world but also comes from the the knowledge of like her brain is mm-hmm. the world and she's <laughs> she wants to be out there in it and she wants to experience it with caleb so the whole movie yeah. we're getting the impression that this is kind of a love story
1: yeah 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 this is what I'd wear on our date.
0: Right, first a traffic intersection, and maybe a show.
1: I'd like us to go on a date.
0: And the horror of it is the horror of Nathan and mm-hmm. his mad scientist mm-hmm. behavior. Yeah. And then at the end of the film, of course, Ava um, is freed mm-hmm. not by Caleb but by Kyoko. By
1: Kyoko, absolutely. And is Kyoko your favorite character in yeah, this movie? Obviously yeah, obviously she's my favorite Yeah. We'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, <laughs> Kyoko is Margot's number one, for she's sure. She's amazing.
0: But Ava is freed, mm-hmm. and she kills the bad guy, and then she kills Caleb. Mm-hmm. And puts on human skin and clothing, mm-hmm. and leaves. Mm-hmm. And ingratiates herself into the world, and disappears. Mm-hmm. And there is this experience at the end of, like, what the fuck mm-hmm. just happened? Mm-hmm. This is so unexpected. Yeah, this ending is not what the protagonist of the movie expected. Mm-hmm. What the audience of the movie expected. What do I do with this? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is Ava like? Is the lesson? And this is like the question that we can really talk about and mm-hmm. pick apart. But like, is was Ava a deceptive femme fatale liar?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Is Caleb? A fuckboy who deserves to die. Right, yeah, yeah. Whose side are we on
1: here?
0: <laughs> and the, one of the most rich experiences for me of coming back to this movie is how many different interpretations there can be and mm-hmm. how, how much like we get from it every time we come back to it.
1: And the thing that I, I, a thing that I enjoy so much about it is that amidst those exact questions, there's the certainty, I feel, Nathan's evil. Yeah, 100%. That we don't, that that no one's like, that, that I, I couldn't imagine how you could arrive at watching Ex Machina, a moment where you're like, oh, but maybe, Nathan, no.
0: But it's funny because watching it with Taylor last week.
1: The generous interpreter himself.
0: Taylor, boyfriend of the pod, Taylor, who yeah. w- watches every movie with the best interests of yeah. the characters. Yeah, and who, the movie who wants to, to believe that
1: art. everyone's capable of the best of themselves, yes. I think. But
0: he did raise the point that, Nathan is not, like, incorrect at uh, at any point in the movie about what he talks about in dialogue. Sure. He's like, Ava is tricking you. Uh-huh. The te- like, I am testing you. Yeah. She is testing you. Yeah. You are not as special as you think you are. Yes.
1: Does Ava actually like you or not?
0: Although now that I think about it, there is a third option. Not whether she does or does not have the capacity to like you, but whether she's pretending to like you. Oh well, yeah, I'm smarter than you. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all of that proves true. All of that is
1: true. No, all of that is true, which is, which is the which is the deceptiveness of the the person who will tell you the truth about their shitty things. Yeah, like it, you know, the way that, the way that the show Louie mm-hmm. was a paradigm shifting comedy. And, oh, look at this man excavating these dirty parts of life and, like, being honest and being real. And it's art. And it's, like, I'm not saying that stuff isn't true, but I'm. it's also a case of when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Yeah. Because it turned out yes. that, like, in addition to working through his shit in a public way, battling the demons of being a, a man doing his best, Louis was also exactly as fucking awful. Yes. As he presented himself to be. That was, and again, paradigm-shifting comedy, like, sort of, reimagined the way that we see what the limits and breaking points and sort of range of comedy can be in in the televised format like that. And a comedy hero of sorts in that way. And it's like, yeah, you guys, we were watching a piece of shit be a piece of shit the whole time.
0: Yeah, he was a funny piece of shit. Yeah,
1: he was, he was a funny piece of shit who, like, yes, let's confront truths, but none of none of what we came to learn about him is surprising if you took him at his word this entire time it's true none of none of Nathan is surprising if you take Nathan at his word right the entire time right and it's, you know we're surrounded by uh unbelievably nightmarish human beings in charge of the state that are constantly off, that are constantly just telling us who they are and what they're about and it's like, yep. no guys, it's not a metaphor yeah you guys, this isn't it's not like we're past the point of saying the quiet part out loud. It's oh not my God. none of it's quiet anymore, y'all.
0: Everyone is yelling. Yeah,
1: like Nathan. Nathan's never making the quiet part out loud because Nathan's never quiet. Never never purports to be quiet mm-hmm. about anything he's about just, him. Well, that so these that that rich is, be rich and powerful beyond accountability. Right. Except that is
0: for the in fun <laughs> of Nathan and Caleb as as dual. Yeah. Mirrors of each other, I yeah. would say. There are two. There's two types of masculinity being mm-hmm, presented mm-hmm. in the film, and they're both fuckboys. Yes, yes, they are. They're both assholes. Mm-hmm. But one of them is the overt mm-hmm. sexual assaulter. Yep. Like keeper of female slaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like full, no doubt about it, 100% asshole. Yep. And then this other guy is like the guy that thinks he's a good guy because oh. he's not an active rapist. Yep. But he still, like, hangs out with the rapist. It's mm-hmm. Bo Burnham in Promising Young Woman. It's Bo
1: Burnham in Promising Young Woman. It's, I'm still, yep.
0: I'm, I don't, you know, I would never do that to yeah. women. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I wouldn't stop it.
0: Well, yeah. So if I had the chance. Really, what the story is about, I think, comes down to the character of Kyoko.
1: Yeah. It comes, My it comes girl. down to Kyoko.
0: Because we have in the story, it's, it's a, it's an Adam and Eve story. It's mm-hmm. a Garden of Eden. We're in this enclosed space. Mm-hmm. Um... Full of nature. Mm-hmm. As you tea. said, she has a tree in her room. She has a tree in her room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we have Ava. Mm-hmm. Not unlike Eve. Mm-hmm. Caleb, also a very Genesis biblical name.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, And then we have the creator, mm-hmm. Nathan. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of God. <laughs> yeah. And Ava. If
1: you would ask him, he would tell you the and same.
0: Caleb are trying to sort of. Access this knowledge and escape the Mm -hmm. garden. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would, yeah, it's, it sort of feels quite Edenic and simple, but then there's another person in the garden with them Mm -hmm. and that's Kyoko. And Mm -hmm. she's this silent watcher of all of this and ends up being an agent of actual change and revolution in the movie Mm -hmm. um, because she is the one who, who watches on the security cameras as all of this plays out, watches Caleb have his total meltdown, Mm -hmm. tears her body apart to expose herself to Caleb to convey to him that she is a robot, Mm -hmm. she is in danger. Mm -hmm. The things that Caleb is doing to her, Mm -hmm. or the things that Nathan is doing to her, he's also probably going to do to Ava. Mm -hmm.
1: And has with however many previous models of Ava's have been.
0: Yes. And Nathan, sorry, I'm getting their names confused. Caleb, dudes. <laughs> dudes with names, yeah. With lots of A's in them. yeah, Caleb is confronted with the fact that this person mm-hmm. in the house that he thought was a domestic servant, Kyoko, is
1: a, a, a tasked with many more duties than that.
0: Yes, he's he believes in the first half of the movie that Kyoko is a human mm-hmm. Japanese maid. <laughs> yep. Who, quote unquote, doesn't speak English or can't understand English. Can't
1: understand English. Yeah.
0: um, Who walks around, minces around the house in like stiletto heels and a short dress. Yeah. Something short and silk. sushi. Yeah. (laughs) And and that Nathan like beats her and yells at her. He Mm -hmm. witnesses this at one point when she like spills some wine or Mm -hmm. something. And he immediately flies off the handle at her. Yeah. Nathan like screams at her in front of Caleb. It also means that I can't tell her that I'm pissed when she's so fucking clumsy that she spills wine over my house guest. I think she gets that you're pissed. Yeah? Good, because I am pissed. Hey Kyoko. Go go. And Caleb's reaction is to be like, it's not, it's okay. I'm not mad. Yeah. Like he doesn't he doesn't want to help this woman at mm-hmm. all. He just wants to make sure she knows that he's not mad at yeah, her. Yeah, that he's he's not the bad guy. So this is like ni- classic nice guy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm not actually gonna affect any type of change to help this woman. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna make it clear that like I'm I'm nice to her even when her employer isn't. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then she like appears naked in his in in Nathan's room. Caleb mm-hmm. enters Nathan's room and Kyoko's on the bed nude. Mm-hmm. And she's like presenting herself, and he's like, "Oh no, no, I don't. I would never do that." Yeah, oh no, that's
1: not what I'm here for.
0: And then she rips her face off. Yeah,
1: she she removes her the skin portions of her face to
0: present the fact that she, she who cannot speak, mm-hmm. is to to share with him that she is like Ava. Yeah, yeah. imprisoned here. Yes, and his reaction is not. I need to save both of the women in this house. Mm-hmm. His reaction is, I need to double my efforts to save Ava.
1: He is fully... There is not a part of of Caleb's escape plan that involves Kyoko. No. This no. is... Even when he, like, he's gonna be the guy who springs into action. He's gonna be this guy who saves Ava. And they work out this plan. Um... Kyoko is not a part of that calculus. Exactly. He's fully going to leave her in that. Because he's and not trying he's to kill Nathan. He's just trying to get him assed out drunk long enough to, like, get Ava out of the house, steal the codes, passwords, right. etc. Which,
0: fine, he doesn't have to kill anyone. No, 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 no. But just, like, he doesn't... But he he he's not
1: intending to leave Kyoko there to just run the house. No. He's going to leave her there with him. With
0: him, yeah. To be, continue to be presumably tortured. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's, that is, like, the, the, the thing about Caleb that I think gets... It isn't textual enough to Mm -hmm. be, we enter the movie so deeply in his POV Mm -hmm. and we're situated in his gaze for so much of the movie Mm -hmm. that at the end of the movie, it's hard to separate that. It's hard to like distance ourselves from him enough to be like, this guy is a possessive, creepy, racist asshole Mm -hmm. who's actually obsessed with himself and is only interested in Ava because she is a white woman he wants to fuck and who is
1: as as we learn through um when he starts understanding why he actually was brought in to help Nathan test Ava in this essentially Turing test experience Ava is not divorced from Ava the part of the consideration was that Caleb's porn search history mm-hmm. reflects a a an aesthetic that is Ava yes and so he had built this thing and so it's like, okay, one of my criteria is going to be I'm going to cull through the men, presumably strictly in my company, and find out, in addition to other factors, who aesthetically prefers exactly the girl that I've built here.
0: Yeah. Did you design Ava's face based on my pornography profile? Oh, shit, dude. Did you? Hey, if a search
1: engine's good for anything, right?
0: So he wants to he wants to fuck Ava, yeah, and that means that she deserves freedom. Yes, very in keeping with the themes we've discussed before. <laughs> yes, and this like this Orientalist stereotype of this like you know there's a phrase techno Orientalism, which mm-hmm. is also very common in sci-fi. Yeah, we, like think, we see that in
1: Blade Runner. Yeah, like
0: 100. I think Alex Garland is is playing with this trope and yeah. trying to talk about it, but he's sort of like. It's frustrating because Kyoko does die at the end, mm-hmm. and dies by having her mouth knocked off, mm-hmm. and that presumably like renders her completely unsavable. Yeah, somehow. And Nathan, Nathan, fortunately, dies. Caleb doesn't consider her worth saving, mm-hmm. and neither does Ava. Neither does Ava, which is frustrating. We can get to
1: it. Yeah, that is it. That is a. Uh... It, 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 speaking of, like, themes that we've visited many times on this podcast, uh, when, when um, fembots are in a movie, they will be subject to violence and sexual violence. It's
0: true. It's true. So let's take a step back. Yeah. I feel like we've, we've jumped on a little bit. We've gotten in a little thick. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. What's Ex Machina about?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Uh, Ex Machina, very simply, uh, we open with employee of mega tech corporation. I think essentially it's a Google. Like it's the most. Yeah, Blue Book. The the most used search engine in the entire world. Employee of Blue Book gets picked to go to the billionaire genius founders home and be a part of this super secret project. And we briefly see like every employee is so happy for him. Like this is the top fucking prize. He
0: won the lottery.
1: He truly won the lottery. And it randomized. Um, everyone in
0: the company was in
1: could have been anybody yeah. yeah everybody in the company could be them and that means being flown out to the hundreds of hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of acres large property
0: presumably in Iceland or something like it's in this beautiful it, yeah
1: if it's if it's meant to be somewhere down. in the United States it's in the Mountain West and he owns half of Montana kind of mm-hmm. situation like this is isolated and so when they finally, they finally get to Nathan's um, extremely like techno secured home Caleb learns that he is there to participate in a test of an AI that Nathan has created.
0: Specifically a Turing test.
1: Specifically a Turing test to determine, like, is this AI? Does it pass? Is this real? And I feel like you can speak to the nature of, like, the fallibility of the test and them knowing immediately that it is a test and it's not, like, a surprise. This is a person or it's a robot kind of situation. Um, but yeah, Caleb gets there, Nathan gives him the rundown, Nathan is immediately a posturing alpha male who knows that he is superior to Caleb in every way, and because he's extremely handsome Oscar Isaac, he kind of is, on paper, superior to Caleb in absolutely every way. We also,
0: when we meet him, he's like, w- the first thing we see him doing is working out, Yeah, he's like punching this punching bag, uh-huh. so it's like an aggressive masculine posturing Yeah, when he enters. Caleb, I'm just gonna throw this out there so it's said, okay? You're freaked out. I am? Yeah. You're freaked out by the helicopter in the mountains in the house because it's all so super cool. And you're freaked out by me to be meeting me, having this conversation in this room at this moment, right? And I get that. I get the moment you're having. But, dude, can we just get past that? And we also learn very quickly that he's an alcoholic. Yes. Like a
1: real binge drinker. Yeah, he ties one on every night. Yeah. Alone. Yeah, he With says, just his robot sex companion.
0: Yes. I think his first line is something like, I... Uh, I got to do a cleanse because I had a really rough night last night. Yeah, he's like, I hit it hard last night. And Caleb's like, was it a fun party? Yeah. And Nathan's like, what? There wasn't a party. Yeah. And immediately we see Caleb be like, oh, you're an alcoholic.
1: Okay, Yeah, 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 yeah. He's (laughs) strictly alone in this home. Yeah. And then so that leads to uh, Caleb meeting Ava and uh, Caleb and and Ava learning one another as Caleb comes to learn the true uh, interior nature of Nathan. And things start descending into horror mm-hmm. from there.
0: Yes. So the Turing test, mm-hmm. obviously, we've talked about it every single episode. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's an important test for us mm-hmm. because it's the test of what makes someone a person. Mm-hmm. And specifically, it's the test of whether or not a, a hidden computer mm-hmm can successfully seem enough like a person mm-hmm. that another person thinks that they are talking to a person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And right off the bat, we address in the dialogue of the film that this version of the Turing Test is a little bit different mm-hmm. because when Caleb meets Ava... He meets her beautiful kaleidoscopic body. Yes, yes, yes. Right away, he sees her interior gears, mm-hmm. her whirring. Yeah. Beautiful. She has synapses. that gentle,
1: that gentle hum that <laughs> comes from her mechanisms. Yes, and
0: her hexagonal plastic <laughs> body—it's very like bee-like. Um, is very bee-like. <laughs> she's beautiful and yep. amazing. Mm-hmm. And he leaves that interaction and says to Nathan, "Like I." I don't understand how to do this Turing test because mm-hmm. I know that she's a computer. I yeah. can see that really clearly. And Nathan says... If I hid uh, Ava from you so you just heard her voice, she would pass for human. The real test is to show you that she's a robot and then see if you still feel she has consciousness. Mm. Um, and so this... You know, we've talked a lot about this... this trope of unmasking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where robots, human actors mm-hmm. in sci-fi cinema mm-hmm. have their bodies ripped apart to reveal their robotic interiors in a moment that is horrific yeah. for the human characters and kind of for the audience. And often it's a very sexual uh, rending as well. Like, yeah. p- the parts of the body that are exposed are parts that can be associated with Exposing nudity, for mm-hmm. example.
1: Yeah, when when um uh, when Joanna meets her double in The Stepford Wives. Yes, and she is nude. When we meet, in a scrim.
0: Yes, when we meet the fembots in Austin Powers. Yeah, their their nipples come out and our guns and our
1: guns <laughs> and our guns. And when our we guns. when we, we an example of, of roboticism in the remake of Stepford Wives is enhancing dramatically breast size. Yes, yeah. At a command
0: when when these androids are Mm fembots it is so much like the unmasking of their of their body to access this eroticism and fetishism Mm -hmm. and then also this like reveal of the horror of that Mm -hmm. which is why we have made this comparison before to transphobia yeah yeah. and to the trope of like the exposure in a sexual context of a trans character mm-hmm. to reveal like the monstro the quote-unquote heavy quotes yeah, yeah 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 in these films um and to the horror of the cis characters in yeah the, in the film now this does happen mm-hmm. as we mentioned this happens in ex machina with kyoko yes
1: pardon the interruption once more but here i am again jordan cruciola asking you that most important question folks do you love movies Do you spend your days thinking about how much you love to watch them? The good ones, and even the bad ones, everyone told you not to like? It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their lives to bringing you top-quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From bumper stickers that tell the world about your love of the 1999 classic The Mummy, to stylish hats that celebrate the fine works of Nora Ephron. They even have super soft t-shirts based on the internet's favorite collective husband and Ex Machina episode star Oscar Isaac. Super Yaki brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. The team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly 100% water-based inks and ships using compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies. And if you would like to watch more movies in your Super Yaki apparel with a little bit of a 10% discount, you can use the code cast to get a bit of a little deal. On your purchases. Check out the remaining uh, bits from the March Madness line, the Mads Mickelson collaboration that Superyaki did with the wonderful Karen Hahn. And also, there is some spillover stuff left from Superyaki's recent visit and partnership with the Overlook Film Festival. The goods abound. Long live Superyaki, long live Ex Machina, long live Judy Greer. And let's get back to the podcast.
0: So we have This, these mirrored fembot women in the movie, Mm -hmm. Ava is exposed from the very beginning Mm -hmm. and her arc is one of establishing, presenting to Caleb that she is someone who wants to successfully pass as a woman. Yeah. And over the course of the film, she's masking herself Mm -hmm. in order to accomplish this. And he starts to root for her yes. <laughs> to successfully pass as a woman mm-hmm. because he desires her. Yes. And for her to successfully pass as a woman and access freedom and enter the world as a true woman
1: mm-hmm.
0: is validating to him and his virility and masculinity. Yeah. The because... most convincing
1: way to be a woman is to want to have sex with a man yes. who wants to have sex with you.
0: Yes. And the most convincing way to be to be a hetero man in a relationship mm-hmm. with a non-normative Gender queer woman yeah. is to uh, is for that woman to pass. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, It's crucial for him yeah. that other people agree yeah. with him.
0: Yeah, so he's really rooting for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for himself.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And and then we have Kyoko, who passes as the most overtly feminine, like uber feminine Orientalist trope, mm-hmm. and she is constantly resisting mm-hmm. the, these trappings of femininity throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. We see... Her her first hint of that is that we see her in this, like, five-second shot sitting in the hallway with her heels off, mm-hmm. like, barefoot on the ground. Mm-hmm. And so in this moment when she's alone, we get this glimpse of her having removed the feminine trappings that Caleb has... Dre- that Nathan has dressed her in. Right, yeah. And then later on, she rips herself apart mm-hmm. to caleb to be like i don't want i am a robot yeah first yeah all, <laughs> also like i'm not i don't want to have this on me yeah, <laughs> Unlike Ava, yeah. Like, look take a fucking look bitch. yeah
1: <laughs> yes
0: and caleb's reaction is i would argue mm. exactly identical to the reaction that happens in something a film like *The Crying Game* or mm-hmm. *Ace Ventura*. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh God! Where
0: the a character is in a sexual encounter
1: mm-hmm.
0: with a someone that he believes is a human cis woman. Yeah, yeah. She is revealed to have an interior that is not what he expected. Yeah. His reaction is to have a extremely pronounced crisis. Yeah,
1: like in acute, a bathroom. <laughs> acute fucking degeneration. Yes. In that moment, in
0: the Crying Game, he reacts with violence. Yeah, in Ace Ventura, he reacts by this like overtly. There is over an the there top. is a
1: montage of him having a full bodily yeah, he breakdown. He showers
0: with all of his clothes on. He brushes his teeth with a full tube of toothpaste. It's like over he's the top, dramatically
1: um, yeah. vomiting into the toilet. Yes,
0: he's horrified to have like had this encounter. Now, when when Caleb encounters the unmasking of Kyoko, mm-hmm. he has. Uh, a crisis in the bathroom as well Mm -hmm. where he has he has this same sort of internal anxiety which is the anxiety of could I be queer yeah could my gender not be as intact as I thought it was Am, am I
1: really what I've always believed I am yes
0: and when in a robot movie what that the version of that that happens in android movies is that he tears into his own skin yeah looking for wires and gears yeah
1: the, the most sort of like traditional body horror we see have, see into the film up to that point is him running a, a knife through his arm mm-hmm. to like see if there's flesh and under like there
0: opening up to look for
1: wires. Yeah, yeah like pulling apart pull his, his incision his
0: eye down like the same way that kyoko does mm-hmm. he's like really trying like does not believe that he's human in this moment Yeah, because he's met someone he thought passed as human and she wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he proceeds to like punch the mirror mm-hmm. in distress, which I am obsessed with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> because even though he doesn't actually, he's not actually violent to any women in the movie no. actively. No. He punches the mirror in this like scene out, scene closer. hmm um, but what he punches is actually a security camera.
1: Right. That
0: um, we, like, throughout that sequence, we're cutting between Caleb in the bathroom and the perspective through the mirror mm-hmm. with, like, little blinking lights to, to establish that this is a, a secret camera, basically. Yeah. And when he punches the camera, we finally cut t- to the reverse of who is watching. And Kyoko is the one watching on the screen.
1: Right. Camera. And we know that he's being surveilled by Nathan up to this point. Yes. But to see Kyoko in that moment.
0: So she's watching him have this meltdown. Mm-hmm. He's punching, essentially, the, the place where she is watching him. Mm-hmm. And Kyoko, in Japanese, means mirror. So I I feel that this, like, act of metaphorical violence against himself as a reaction to her mm-hmm. and then against this like projection of her kind of is uh, drives the point home. Yeah. That, yeah, like, yeah. The unmasking, the, the, the phenomenon of unmasking results in this same type of violence and anxiety mm-hmm. when it's unexpected and when it's not someone you desire and want to be with and want to give privilege and access to because you want to fuck
1: them. I, um, I'm realizing now I have a question for you that I didn't realize I had before, which is why do you think Ava doesn't get skin and Kyoko does? Why does Ava exist? Like, we see her in security camera footage, too, and she is persistently without skin when she is um in, in this home. And Kyoko obviously lives inside of human skin.
0: I wonder if... Because when we watch the... There's sort of this Bluebeard sequence. Yeah, 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 which yeah. Which I think Bluebook is a reference to Bluebeard.
1: That would make total sense. Slash Facebook. Mm-hmm. Slash, slash Facebook, yeah.
0: Where uh, it's revealed that Nathan has these, like, corpses of his past fembot experiments.
1: Yeah. It is a harrowing sequence where we see, like, the early models being unable to perform up to standard and him brutalizing those models as a result. Yeah. Models that, as they become more advanced develop consciousness and become aware that they're prisoners and like one physically like beats herself into oblivion against a door trying to get out like we watch her arms fall apart
0: it looks amazing it
1: looks incredible and it's disgusting it's
0: horrible and
1: we see like various um, races of robot women Mm -hmm. that he has recycled through before Mm -hmm. and it's just it's an absolutely sickening sequence it's
0: garish it's really horrible yeah and and all of those women have skin yeah and Ava or Kyoko, rather, also has skin. Mm-hmm. So I feel my assumption is that Nathan very intentionally removed Ava's skin mm-hmm. or didn't give Ava skin for the purpose of this experiment. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like no, I, I think that makes sense. Yeah. As, yeah. For...
1: It's for the benefit of... It's for the benefit of Caleb.
0: For the benefit of accomplishing the test. Yeah. 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 And the test is not actually the Turing test. Yes. Which yes. is an important part This of is it. important. Yeah. So even though we... We enter the movie believing that it that Ava is being subjected to the touring test, mm-hmm. and they have this big conversation about, like, well, if I can see her, how and I can see her robot body, how is it the touring test? Mm-hmm. Well, it's if you can see her and still determine that, that she has a human mind or whatever, yeah, is, whatever the line is. Um, but really, the test is, will given the opportunity, mm-hmm. will Caleb orchestrate a way to free Ava?
1: Yeah. That yeah. is
0: very specifically the test that Nathan has set up for Caleb.
1: Mm-hmm. He's he completely fifty steps ahead of Caleb yeah. and about ten behind Ava. Yes. And <laughs> certainly ten behind
0: Kyoko. Yeah. In
1: Kyoko meanwhile.
0: He so he really is says like we are that what what you what the test is is like if you does if you want to be with if you desire Ava mm-hmm and you believe that she desires you mm-hmm. and you know that she's a robot mm-hmm. and you know that I mistreat robots yes yes what will you like and for him Ava has successfully reached the reached artificial intelligence mm-hmm. if if Caleb determines that she should be free
1: if she's a damsel in distress
0: which i think makes very explicit this this fact that we've been talking about that the the category of human is a politically privileged category yes yes what may give someone because kyoko again kyoko passes the touring test yeah with flying colors she can't even fucking talk yeah, yeah. <laughs> But she passes the touring test, but she doesn't pass Caleb Nathan's test. Yeah. Oh my god, these names. <laughs> she doesn't pass Nathan's test because Nathan's because she because he she doesn't deserve privilege. Because yeah. she's Asian.
1: hmm
0: Can't speak English. Can't speak English, yeah. And a domestic servant. Yeah. And those things make Caleb white nice guy. Yeah. Determine that she is not does is not in the privilege of deserving freedom mm-hmm. and
1: help. Mm-hmm. That's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. It is. It this movie very succinctly. Um, and i I'd be curious to have I'd be curious to have a follow up conversation with you about certain elements after you see the movie Men, which obviously oh Alex God. Garland wrote and directed. I know
0: I've heard. Yeah, we won't get it's into
1: it. It's, it's, it's polarizing. It's polarizing, and it. But It, it is absolutely. It is primarily concerning itself with this question it means fucking called men Mm -hmm. guys it's it's a horror movie about about men women how they coexist um this movie is not putting in its center centered sights how men relate to women that's not necessarily the point but it is it is getting at that the entire time by virtue of if it's it's a movie about power yes And so, therefore, in the setting that it is, which is this romance, psychosexual story, it becomes inevitably about men as they, like, men and women as they exist in relation to one another. And so, and I think Alex Garland so much more effectively... Um, is able to to hit the nail on the head in this in it's in its gender conversation than when he actually embarks on that conversation explicitly. Yes. And which I, I feel like is very like a man doing a good job Like yeah. when the man like is like, I'm going to have the I'm going to I'm going to make a statement about it and try and be like kind of definitive about it. It's like, well, what if you just talk about the thing, you know, which is men? Mm hmm. Instead of, ta- instead of talking about women, which might not be the thing that you know. Yeah,
0: you may not know how to talk about that. You as may well. not know how
1: to talk about women, which is what men is doing. Mm. But Ex Machina, to me, is talking about men. Yes,
0: it's it's really not about either of the women characters. No, it's about how the men experience. To the its women
1: benefit.
0: Characters. Yeah, we do find like the Bluebeard cabinets full yeah. of women's bodies. Yeah. and the the old surveillance footage of Nathan just like decimating these women. Yeah. It's, there's no surprise there. It's no. like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Naturally. Naturally, mm-hmm. this would be exactly what mm-hmm. has been happening.
1: Uh-huh. There's and no I, I I think what this, uh, uh, I think this movie does very well is taking that, like, the behaviors that you see that sometimes are troubling on their face, where you're like, I kind of feel some red flags about that guy, which is, what would happen with Nathan? Like, you'd, you'd meet that guy at a party and be like, Wow, that bravado thing—like, really not doing it for me. Like, mm. this guy's really full of himself. Like, I kind of get a weird vibe from him. Like, I don't know. Like, I kind of want to avoid that guy. There's a lot to be seduced by about Nathan as well, but like, you know, you could kind of get some trope wires. And whereas with Nathan, it's—he's ineffectual. He's a beta. With Caleb. Yeah, with Caleb, yeah. Y- he's just like ah, he's har-. the kind of guy you go, um, he's harmless. Well, even if you felt weird completely.
0: about him, you'd be he's like, a, he's a, harmless. He's just a cock, like truly. He's just yeah, he
1: is, and he he ultimately is harmless. In in a literal sense, but mm-hmm. what I think this movie does really well is taking those very everyday attributes about these two guys and dragging us within like the rel- you know the short frame that is a feature film into seeing what the conclusions are of smaller behaviors and how they add up to become in indications of larger problems yeah. in how men can threaten women and how men yes. endanger women. Yes. we see how like Nathan's casual relationship with his. Dominating wealth and power and privilege translates into being able to treat objects as things he can exploit and fuck and hurt, and then that doesn't stop at the quote unquote objects that are his robots, even that have become sentient, even yes, that are artificially even when his intelligent.
0: Goal is to make them sentient.
1: Yes, it doesn't stop there because he bring he manipulates and lies to a person to get them into his home, a human person, a human man in Caleb m- lies to this person to get them into his home and creates a scenario in which like he's telling the truth, but not the whole truth about it. He tells him enough truth throughout the time. So Nathan doesn't make him feel like a total fucking pawn. Mm-hmm. Like Caleb still feels like he's a part of this thing. And he's not just like, a variable yes he still feels like an active participant in this test clear up till the end when he learns that it wasn't a randomized selection yes, that he's and that, like been the subject of the test he's the that he too has been a subject of the test yeah
0: what was the real test you Ava was a rat in a maze and I gave her one way out to escape she'd have to use Self-awareness, imagination, manipulation, sexuality, empathy, and she did. Now, if that isn't true AI, what the fuck is? So my only function was to be someone she could use to escape?
1: Yeah. Like, that you see how those things that you can dub as small problems, small red flags or concerns that you could swipe under the rug about a person in isolation, it shows you the building effect of how those contribute to dehumanization of other people when you view them as less than in you. I, and I that think that is, is so one well of said. the great triumphs of this movie.
0: I also, I love that. I, okay. That's so well said, Jordan. Oh, thank you. And I love going back to your point about like the core point of like, this is a movie about how men relate to each other. Mm-hmm. A movie about men talking about women. Yes. I think that the way that Nathan and, the way that Nathan affects Caleb is mm-hmm. also really important, important yes. in the conversation. Yes, oh
1: my god. Because
0: part of what...
1: Caleb fucking embarrassing himself.
0: Yeah, a part of what the 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 trope of this sort of like beta male nice guy mm-hmm. type of bad person. Mm-hmm.
1: This Xander Harris. <laughs> exactly. Yep.
0: Part of the type of character that Caleb is, mm-hmm. is someone who is both obsessed with and extremely threatened by... Oh god, yeah. The type of person that Nathan mm-hmm. is. And that is present from the moment they interact. Mm-hmm. There's this adoration and obsession mm-hmm. that Caleb has. But there's also this um c- encounter, a series of encounters very early on, where Nathan just sort of like exudes his presence yeah. in a very bodily and controlling way mm-hmm. in Caleb's space. Mm-hmm. And I'm specifically thinking of this moment when... Nathan shows Caleb to his room mm-hmm. and then he just in his like sweaty workout yeah. t shirt and and sweatpants mm-hmm. just like flops on Caleb's bed. Onto Caleb's bed. And just is like, onto the to clean him, sheets, man. Like talking to him while like strewn across his bed. Yeah. And it's just these moments of, um, there is
1: not a single space in here that is not mine.
0: Yes, it's it's truly like primitive domination behavior. Yeah, like, he's pissing on Caleb's bed. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, just getting his sweat <laughs> and shit all over. Yep. And it's yeah, it is an It's a power play, yep. and it's this dynamic of like I, I own everything here i'm controlling everything here yeah i own you and i control you yeah and it's i true. pay your
1: salary and
0: we see really early on how much caleb hates that yeah but he also loves the power that nathan gives him mm-hmm.
1: and and he also the way he puffs up his chest to try and match mm-hmm. nathan for wits in yep. these really embarrassing Trying exchanges to to he
0: takes the suit off starts wearing t-shirts yeah. he starts to like because
1: Brings in, like, all these things about language and theory and this, and he just, like, he spits academia at Nathan. To impress him. And Nathan is completely fucking irritated by the fact that he knows this person who could never be on his level is trying to act like they could be peers. Right. Because they will never be peers.
0: Her language abilities, they're incredible. The the system is stochastic, right? It's non-deterministic. At first, I thought she was mapping from internal semantic form to syntactic pre-structure and then getting linearized words. But then I started to realize the model is some kind of hybrid. Caleb? There is a book that we have talked about before. I think it's mentioned in the minisode about Robota (laughs) and biblical (laughs) references. But there's a book, um, there's a French novel from 1886 called Le Futur uh-huh, uh-huh. or The Future Eve. <laughs> the premise of this book mm-hmm. and it's an early fembot novel okay. is that um, basically there's an evil genius who is a fictionalized version of Thomas Edison. Oh wow. And Thomas Edison has been secretly building a female android in his underground lab. Mm, he probably he, was. He wants to pr- he probably was. He wants to prove his, uh, his genius basically mm. his accomplishment and um, So he offers the android as a gift to his friend, Ewald. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. And then what, what plays out in the novel is this series of conversations between Thomas Edison and Ewald about the nature of women and especially the Mm -hmm. fundamentally deceptive nature of women Mm -hmm. and sort of the trappings of femininity. And there's this very Mm -hmm. like iconic scene where, um, Thomas Edison, like, dissects this this human woman um, to, like, demonstrate all of the different technologies of femininity that she has put on in order to conceal her monstrosity. Oh, my God. So he's, like, removing her makeup, removing her hair, and showing, like, beneath all of this, she's disgusting and horrific.
1: Oh, my God. And,
0: yeah, it's, I think that Ex Machina, uh-huh. which is also, like, highly sort of... Biblically referential, sure, 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 and and um, the title itself is a reference to like classical literature and mm-hmm.
1: classical theater and Deus ex machina, obviously. It's like it's like based on the Bible in the way that I Robot is based on I Robot. On Asim- <laughs> suggested yes. the suggested, works suggested Asimov, suggested by suggested <laughs> suggested by the works of Isaac Asimov. This ex- suggested. is
0: suggested by the Bible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> genesis <laughs> yes. and and similarly this is a movie where a evil genius mm-hmm. is building a fembot in his underground laboratory yeah yeah and he gives the fembot essentially to his friend caleb and the rest of the movie plays out in these these scenes where nathan and caleb are sitting across from each other drinking beers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just like talking about women and wanting to fuck women and the way that that yeah ava specifically the way her mind works but Mm -hmm. in the context of like the fuckability of women it keeps coming back to that can consciousness exist without interaction anyway sexuality is fun man if you're going to exist why not enjoy it
1: but you want to remove the chance of her falling in love and fucking And in answer to your real question you bet she can fuck what
0: mm-hmm. And I think it's compelling that we're still playing out these these same stories
1: Jesus. from
0: 1886 to <laughs> 2015, 200 years later, it's still like we're talking about the deceptive mm-hmm. calculating mm-hmm. performative nature of femininity
1: mm-hmm.
0: when we're talking about artificial women
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we're we're two men talking about it And mm-hmm. at the end of the day
1: we're in, in this <sighs> two men talking about it with a with a silent woman. Who comes in and out and waits on them?
0: Yes, but obviously this deviates from that because at the end the fembot kills both of them and escapes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I think what what you're saying, and as it connects to what I was just saying that that, that drew from into that, the reason why like the idea of those gradations of um, dehuman the the those gradations of humanity and those gradations of sort of dignity that people who are not men are allowed in the eyes of these two dudes, I think that is botcast because, um, <laughs> that is botcast that is, that is botcast because, um, it is indicative of how once you, like, it's, it's how robot stories are, are human stories. Yeah. Metaphor. Uh, true. It's metaphor. And once you have deemed something beneath you, mm-hmm it is less worthy of survival than you. Yes. In the case of, like, men and women, in the case of, like, stories like this, once you have deemed something not worth fucking, it's not as desirable. Therefore, it's human currency is not as high. Mm. So, therefore, it becomes disposable. Yeah. And so, like, Kyoko, gorgeous, silent woman, woman robot, less savable than white, pristine, gorgeous woman robot in Ava... And you can just see how, it's like how I, I'm sure we've talked about before, and I think even on this podcast, like how I get really upset at people who are mean to their robots. Yeah. I get I get really upset by people who get impatient with Siri. Yeah. I get really. Or, Alexa or whatever. Yeah. I get, I get very, I, it, it freaks me out when people are very comfortable yelling at and being impatient, rapidly impatient with these absolutely impossible to believe they exist agents of convenience. Yeah. Whose job it is is to be so dialed into our needs and demands that the idea of them misunderstanding us one or two times becomes like an affront to their usefulness.
0: Yeah, it's just like the question is how man how much, how far is the leap from doing that to yelling at a human assistant? And,
1: and my and that's what makes me very uncomfortable is I see that as a very short leap.
0: It's not. Yeah, I see it as
1: because once it's you not far, convince, I mean, it is short. <laughs> once you convince yourself that things are not things are not owed people anything or person is not owed treatment with respect Mm -hmm. like i get it throw a baseball glove in your trunk like i'm not coming down on you for that but once you design once you decide that things with some manner of consciousness yeah and, and ability to interact with you like a human even
0: if it's programmed even
1: if it's programmed like like you said with the alan turing essay like if a robot tells you how it feels you should believe them yeah because it's it's polite it's polite (laughs) it's frankly fucking rude not to like talking about joy in the last episode of 2049 it's like can she feel or is she programming it's like the bottom line is man she told you how she fucking feels yeah so just believe her right
0: even if she's programmed to want to love k and to want to be outside to be in the product that was sold
1: for her to want to be outside yeah
0: Put her outside. It's Put her fine. outside. It's fine.
1: Why would? What's the fucking point of t- being like, no, bitch? Like, yeah. Even if ew. David is
0: programmed to love his parents, that doesn't mean it doesn't ruin his entire life for the rest of eternity. It, no, it, it
1: it doesn't. Like, why is why is inescapable programming any less true than a feeling? Yes, yes. Because it's how, still inescapable programming. So, exactly. w- it, which means it can't be anything but true.
0: Exactly.
1: Like, in fact, it is unconditionally true. Right. And so, when you decide that things with any semblance of consciousness are exist on a scale of deserving dignity and respect, you can start subtly extending that further and further and further. That goalpost will move, 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 move until the point where if you become so used to technologically advanced like robotics to the point where, say we got to a point where, like a Boston dynamic thing, was just a robot we could see walking down the fucking street, and that was ordinary. Like, mm-hmm. a y- yeah. Unit. yeah, no, no longer did we see like little food delivery robots going down the street and no longer do people like film them when they go by because it's so <laughs> cute and silly. <laughs> like, it becomes normal. Every time I see those things, there's somebody taking a picture of it because they're like, look at that fucking guy. I've
0: never seen that before.
1: Oh, you haven't? No. Anytime I see those things go by me, someone's like, if they're not taking out their photo, they follow it with their eyes where yeah. they, they pause to watch it go. Oh, wow. And now they do the thing where they blink. Like they have little lights for eyes. What? I, I, so I've seen them blink. To make them look more like something, like, that's friendly, that you should trust. And I think you might have sent me the video recently of, like, one of those things falling over into, like, a a hole or something. And it makes this little sound like, wah, wah, like, like, it's like, oh, no, it reacted to falling. And it's so, and I want to go help it. And so, like, I think when you start becoming used to these escalated grades of, like, technological humanoid things or humanity adjacent things once we become more used to them we treat them as more disposable it's no longer fascinating that they exist and it's only like wow i'm gonna break it yeah you don't fucking care because it's just normal and routine so if an ava can exist and if nathan's got sex robots just walking around his house and serving him sushi there's nothing there's no extra duty of care that he owes to this ordinary piece of robot that walks around especially
0: when the implication is like if he didn't build these robots to assault them yeah he would just do this to women he would
1: just do this to women like
0: that's to me
1: it's clear oh, that clear this man has there's that's what i mean about like the, the compartmentalization it goes away yes it becomes yes. completely permeable and i think this movie just this movie is so fantastic as a representation of how like the way that fembots will endure violence and sexual violence mm-hmm. that will be extended to women immediately yeah because it's
0: it, they're they're women they're, they're it's, a, it's a metaphor for women we don't have fembots right now so
1: we don't have <laughs> fembots right now and as soon as we do the worst things will happen to them yes that happen to it's women
0: violence against women even if it's an image of women yeah because it's, it's still, still
1: exercising power over this thing by yeah. virtue of you being the superior male force yeah. and i i to to see how a person can so quickly decide what should live or die based on its like aesthetic value to you. Like yeah. you're, you're probably at least in part racistly determined aesthetic value. Yeah. Like if you can do that to a robot, you can do that to a person that, that tricked you into thinking it's a person. You'll do that to a person. Well,
0: so here's what. He would have
1: saved real Ava over real Kyoko, also. Uh
0: huh, exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. He would exactly. have. He would have said. When I say real, of course, I mean human, because she is real. Ava's real. Kyoko's real. Robots are real. Um, <laughs> birds are fake. Robots are real. Um, and But
0: they're both surveillance.
1: But they're both. There it is. And that's <laughs> podcast. Here, podcast. That's podcast.
0: It's not up to me.
1: Why is it up to anyone? Do you have people to test you or might switch you off?
0: No, I don't
1: and why do I?